Hello and welcome to the RDK podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Walker, and today I'm joined by Alex Ball, the head of RDKB at Deutsche Telekom. Alex, it's great to have you join us, and how are you doing today? Really good, thank you. Great to be here. I've been looking forward to having you on, on the show for some time now, but um, let, let's, let's, let's jump right in, shall we? So to start off with, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, what you do, and what you do in Deutsche Telekom? Yeah, sure. So um, I think, as you said, I'm currently leading Deutsche Telekom's RDKB development initiative. Um, before that, really, I was predominantly in the cable industry, actually. Um, so I had a number of roles within the cable industry. I was looking at B2C, B2B, video and broadband um, in the areas like architecture through pretty much through to strategy. Um, and I think as, as part of that um, career within that space, been fairly passionate about the whole open source and the ability to be able to collaborate. And so really, I've been participating in the IDK community since its start. Um, if I go right the way back to the to the very first point in the career after having left university, I was working for CompuServe. So they were just transferring from bulletin board systems on dial-up modems into the forays of the World Wide Web. So pretty much my entire career I've spent around the internet and connectivity. Wow, wow. Um, so obviously an, an, an extensive career that you've had, you've worked with some some, some really impressive companies. Um, one of those companies being Liberty Global, but on the video side. Um, tell us a little bit about your experiences there and, and, and how you got into RDK. Great, yeah. So um, I started my career, um, or at least my journey in the RDK at Liberty. I think at that point, we were really trying to solve for some of the challenges we were ha- we were seeing around the silicon and hardware lock-in um, for the video platforms. And that was really providing a, a super high um, barrier to entry for new partners. And we were also seeing an explosion of new functionality which needed to be catered for. And so at that time, pretty much every middleware vendor, and there were quite a few middleware vendors, had their own path to working with the individual silicon platforms and the silicon vendors themselves were having to support an increasing number of porting layers. And Liberty, um, around the same time, had made a decision to become more of a software-driven company. Um, and it was really looking to create a common platform that could be deployed across multiple hardwares. And at that point, I really got involved um, in, first of all, helping to, to really shore up um, Liberty's role within that um, RDK community. And then more specifically, in things like the porting of applications like Netflix um, and the architecture of that onto the RDK platforms and really trying to help open up that um, application ecosystem. Liberty Global was pretty early on in this idea that it was effectively an aggregator for content. So they really wanted to open up the platform to allow other content providers on. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, today, if I look at the RDK and the video side, it's really moved on. There's a lot more um, capability in there to create more commonality around porting those applications. But really where it all started was this in a bit, this ability to be able to then port um, across different hardware platforms and, um, and different um, OEMs um, hardware as well. And I think what really came out of that was an in to working closely with other operators, um, partners and creating more commonality the ability to better share the burden of, of some of these developments and learning from others' experiences and driving that industry's change. And then 
as part of that experience um, at Liberty, we also soon realized that the challenges we were, explaining, we were experiencing on the video side were also existing on the broadband um, side as well. And um, unlike the video side, which already had its own common middleware, on the broadband side, each of these different vendors was bringing their own software solution, which was being driven by a set of high level specifications, which led to a good degree of interpretation as part of that. So things really weren't bug to bug compatible um, as you would like them to be. Um, and so we wanted to accelerate that development cycle as we did on the video side, create more commonality, um, enable new hardware platforms and um, really lower that barrier to, to bringing in new services. And then at the same time, I think customers' expectations were changing. So if we look back 10 years, um, you know, this, this idea of plugging an ethernet cable into the back of a router and everything is fine was kind of acceptable, but now we much more look towards customers' expectations towards ubiquitous Wi-Fi coverage across the entire home, high speed and, and essentially always on connectivity, um, definitely in these kind of COVID times where it's becoming so important from working from home, parental controls and security, increasing the IoT kind of um, capabilities also coming in, and the ability for us to be able to create um, a constant stream of innovations um, on those platforms. So even once you've deployed something, the customer is no longer happy with the fact that you sold them last year's model and that's all they're going to get. Now they really want to see some interesting new services coming out and to be part of that journey, I think, with the operator. So at that point, I started up the um, Liberty Global's RDK development activity. Um, we took on partners and we started to really ramp in that space. Yeah. Let's say, and it's, it's, it's interesting as well that you, we always revert back to the consumer, right? And on a, on a previous episode, uh, we were talking about giving control of the platforms over to the consumer as well to take away the, the, the elements around upgrading or, or upgrades on the platform themselves. Um, and I, I guess from, from, from your side at, at Deutsche Telekom now, um, there's obviously a big RDKV element there, but the main focus uh, for you is now rolling out more RDKV deployments. Um, which I know there are some big plans for you this year. Um, could you give us a little insight into into why that is? Sure. So I think um, from from my perspective, one of the things that really attracted me to to working for DT was I think when we look back and probably referring to some of the earlier points I made, one of the reasons why we were doing the IDK is because we wanted this flexibility to be able to go across different hardware platforms and take away some of the silicon um, lock in. I think actually the, the challenge has changed slightly in the IDK space to a new challenge. And that challenge is how do I create those common experiences, not only across different hardware types, but also across different access types. And I think that's really coming in because um, for, for numerous reasons, mergers, acquisitions, technology evolution, all of these things are really driving a different mix of operators within that space. And so telcos now have cable assets um, and the next generation fiber side of it. Cable companies increasingly look to deploying fiber as the next generation technology as well. And the mobile operators are looking at 5G for fixed wireless access. And the DT, um, and this really is kind of a core reason for wanting to become part of this journey. We have all of these technologies, but we also have this real ambition to own the whole um, network, home network experience. And with RDK, we're able to bring that all together. Um, and I think 
there's a that broad acceptance within the um, DT community that actually this is the platform that enables us to be able to target multiple markets, multiple hardware types, multiple access technologies, and harmonize all of that across a common stack. And I think, you know, at, at that stage, um, DT was on this journey to, to really establish itself as a very big player in the RDK space. It has this telco um, background, which is, you know, I guess the next frontier really for, for the RDK. And um, we have a bunch of the, I guess, Europe's leading lights um, of the embedded software development world. So it just seemed like it was a great place to, to, to grow my career. And also um, there are all these different challenges and, and um, exciting challenges to, to go and also get to work with a great bunch of people I've known for some time in the RDK community. So that always really helped to make it a little bit of a smoother transition. Good, good. And how long have you been at Deutsche Telekom now? Uh, six months. So um, a little over six months. I joined in the summer of last year. Um, and since then, I've really been um, working with the team and, and getting to know everybody and making sure that we are really building scale throughout the whole um, development pipeline. That's it. Well, I, I, before we go on, I'm, I'm excited to see sort of the advancements uh, within your team over the next six to 12 months. I think, uh, as you said, right, really, really group, great group of people and, and, and things are going to move very quickly uh, for you. But, you know, obviously with, with RDK, we talk about the community aspect um, and the community aspect of the platform. What difference do you think this makes uh, when it comes to innovation of new products for Deutsche Telekom? Okay, yeah, so um, I think for me, one of the key attractions of working with the community is sometimes it's the ability to be able to um, leverage the work of those who trodden the path before. Um, that doesn't always speak to innovation, but sometimes it speaks to innovation um, from one organization to the next organization. And why I don't think that means we're limited to a specific path. It often means that um, operators are trying to solve the same sorts of challenges. And it's possible to solve those in a common way frequently with a bunch of enablers. And a lot of the time in places like the architectural review board for um, the RDK, we're looking at the next generation of services and how we enable those. And I think being able to use that wider community of architectural resources and explore sometimes a more diverse set of use cases is always beneficial. So you might have a concept in your mind of exactly what it is that you want to be able to deliver but you sometimes also benefit from exploring some of the other cases that other people have and then trying to build that into you know, what would be a common architecture, but also allows a bit more flexibility as you go forwards. And then I think probably um, in my mind, it's really the implementation, the final implementation of technology that becomes a differentiator. So whilst I think there are many benefits to being part of a community, including testing and validation and requirements and all that other great stuff, I think when you're looking to innovate, I think doing it in a common manner, being able to effectively speak with one voice really helps um, the speed and also some of the thinking that goes on behind trying to make some of those uh, key decisions that you're making as you're deploying the technologies. Yeah, I think we saw that as well with the um, hackathon initiative that happened towards the tail end of last year, right? Having teams get together and collaborate on the platform and, you know, essentially giving uh, new 
new methods to solving issues, right? And I think some of the outcomes of that ha that hackathon have really made a, a positive impact to, to the community. Um, but yeah, and, and I think that's a great. It's a great example where people are bringing stuff in and then you can look at it and you can assess it. And sometimes, you know, you put a different spin on it or you use technology in a different way. But I think it's that constant innovation, that constant rub of different organizations working together. who have all got slightly different um, uh, requirements or slightly different views on the world just helps to make better ideas generally. And things like hackathons, I think, are really interesting in trying to also you know, innovate, allow platforms where people can come and, and challenge orthodoxies. It's all sort of really good stuff and, and perfect use of the community. Absolutely. And talking about collaboration, um, could you tell us a little bit about what your team have been working on or, or what you've worked on in the past? Okay, sure. So I think um, to some extent, um, when we looking at the moment of what my team are doing it's really trying to focus down on a fairly ambitious set of product launches across multiple countries different access technologies and different hardware so really at the moment of this phase 2022 we've got multiple countries multiple um, uh, access technologies and multiple hardwares to get out there so we're really focused on the support of voice wi-fi security access technologies parental control, um, platform stability, all of the things that you need to get um, this great enabling platform out there in the hands of customers and start to, to really um, take that journey of um, being able to then expand and grow. But it's also the, the other sides of it. So my team are also setting up the um, test automation environments that are needed to be able to really drive more in terms of um, our ability to be able to test and validate quickly, which allows us to make sure there's no regressions in code and get um, new software out to our customers in a much more timely manner. Um, I shouldn't forget the, the telemetry and the back office side because that's also pretty key. Um, we have this great ability to be more data-driven and to be able to really drive decisions based on how customers potentially perceiving the service but also a deeper understanding of how those devices are performing in field and that's also part of my team's remit to, to look at you know making sure that what we do and how we triage is very data driven proactively so that's also another another big element and then you know there's all of the other interesting things that are happening in the periphery but i guess if i was to look at really the key focuses it would be in, in those areas Okay. Okay. And is you know, are the customer are they engaging? Are they providing the feedback, the data to come back and 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 for you to have a look and pinpoint those areas as well? Yes, I think at the moment um, we've got some friendly user trials out there. Those sort of um, users are really engaged in this whole process, and they want to, to give you information and feedback. I think we also um, have been quite focused on you know, proactively getting that information back from the date gateway devices. I think you start this this process and there are a few issues out there with the software stack and you know they're fairly obvious to the customer. I think then there are other issues that are perhaps a little less obvious to um, the customer because the technology masks them. So it might be that there's um, a blip in the IPv6 and actually it's masked because the customer's device drops back to IPv4. 
but getting the telemetry and the information that you can start to look at those potential issues in the stack so even though they're not visible to the customer you're always trying to make sure that you're you're giving the customer the best experience and sometimes you know things like roaming between um 2.4 gigabits gigahertz and um 5 gigahertz might be perceived by a customer they probably wouldn't call you over it but actually it's something that you can really focus on on optimizing so you're trying to give them always a better experience than perhaps they're expecting and i think that's really the interesting side where you can start to use this information to make decisions that are not always obvious if you were to look at um, what drove a call into a call center but now we're a little bit deeper in the stack and we can pull data out and we can start to really think about what's potentially driving bad customer experiences from good customer experiences so alex um how do operators prepare themselves for adopting um rdk okay um so i think when you're looking at something like taking the ownership of a stack um a bit like i guess the green cross code you want to look left and then you want to look right um, as part of that and i think when we look left we're looking towards the roles and responsibilities that were taken up by the oem um, and in that space detailing out technical requirements um, to such an extent that you can then start to develop software for it's key um, that software development and making sure you've got the right organization to be able to support that also needs to be there um, and really importantly the development and testing um, and quality assurance um, that's required and, and is you know today done by the OEMs um, is really important to pick up and in that space obviously leveraging the community and the test frameworks are there is probably something that you should look into um, certainly something that we're doing at the moment and then you also have the looking right side of it which is you know what's the benefit of owning this whole delivery chain and in which case you know you're trying to look at making more extensive use of telemetry and, um, and getting those customer insights um, and driving more understanding of how the platform's performing in field. And that can include things like collecting information from customer forums or being more engaged with you know, small groups of users who are power users within the space and trying to understand how they're um, perceiving this new service and bringing that back in. And one of the big benefits, I think, here of taking control of the software is the fact that you are the software developer and you're also um, the person who has that relationship with the customer and you can bring those two together in order to create quite a strong um, drive for continuous improvement of the software quality. And that's something that we're really interested in Deutsche Telekom in terms of you know, trying to get the best information um, that we can out of these gateway stacks in order to make sure that we are continuously improving the, rela the relationship and also the experience of those customers. Let's say, and I get one of the things we hear a lot and we, we always discuss in, in, in RDK is the advancement, right? And it's, it's, it's anything from IoT integrations to, to, to fiber. Um, are these something that Deutsche Telekom will be getting on board with in the future? For sure. So, um, so DT today is kind of leading that or one of the leading operators in that fiber development space. You know, that's a it's a big change architecturally for the RDK. You know, we've been really instrumental in the adoption of the WAM manager and the development of the WAM manager with the supporting of the data models that are required for GPON um, and the DSL um, technologies. Um, we collaborate with other operators in that space and um, we also upstream 
the development work that we're doing back to the community. So a lot of our upstream contributions are, are sitting in that space. Um, we also um, have a significant, or DT has a significant presence in the IoT space in market today. And we're working on effectively bringing that stack back into our IDK platforms. And we're really interested in some of the um, community uh, developments which are going on in that space, be it um, from the uh, matter integration, um, which has gone on into um, other other sides of it, like the camera profiles, for instance, also are things that are kind of on the periphery and, and, and are interesting to us. And then, of course, you know, we also look beyond that um, and we're actively participating in areas like um, the fixed wireless access space and 5G because DT have a huge footprint of 5G capability um, across multiple countries. So that's also an area that we're kind of interested in exploring and also making sure that we have one stack which is capable of being deployed across multiple different um, access technologies and multiple different markets. So that drives us to be interested in pretty much most of the innovations that are going on. Occasionally we come across something which we kind of sit at the periphery of and say, actually it occurs a little bit further down the, um, the, road, the roadmap line for us. So an example of that might be the whole space of um, downloadable applications and um, creating app stores um, for these gateway devices it's of interest to us, but it's it's not you know it's not kind of front and center of the activity we're doing at the moment to get these devices out. That's it. Well, I mean, it's really interesting to to understand how RDK can bring in other sectors outside of its its, its original remit, right? And obviously, Deutsche Telekom have got the platform to to be able to go out there and and, and explore it, but. Alex, it's genuine, genuinely been uh, a pleasure discovering more about you and Deutsche, uh, what Deutsche Telekom are up to. Um, just for our listeners, uh, where can they find you online, Alex? Uh, probably LinkedIn would be the best place to find me. Um, but if you want to contact me, you can either reach me at my Deutsche Telekom email address, which is alexander.ball at telecom.com um, with a K. Or alternatively, if you really want to, to grab hold of me, you can also probably approach the RDK community who's you know, more than capable of getting um, hold of me and Slack, obviously, um, the RDK Slack channels on. Perfect. Well, Alex, I, I look forward to seeing the advancements in your team over the next 12 months and uh, look forward to, to the follow up episode uh, in, in, in the future. And guys, please make sure to follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn using at the RDK podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel so you get notified every time we upload a new episode. Until then, take care and let's continue the conversation. Bye.